I had a moment of like, I've had enough of having to put on a front and pretend that I'm a certain way. And just something in me just said like, you have to be honest, be real, because the people you look up to and the people you respect, they're doing it, you know, and they're inspiring you through their music or their acting or their art. And it's like, like just something in me just always knew that I had to do that, but it scared the fuck out of me at the same time. Tim Conlon has the voice of an angel and he's using it to share his struggles and show others they're not alone. Deep down, the singer-songwriter has never felt good enough, always doing his best to cover up his insecurities and hide his true self. People will always choose pleasure over pain, but if you sit in that pain long enough, a greater pleasure then arises because it can move through you. Tim's grappled with sex addiction in a never-ending quest for validation and knows what it's like to become detached from who you really are. So through that lack of connection, that's often where addiction comes about. So. Yeah, there was some certain addictions that I had that were just trying to like numb that pain and, and find a way to connect. Tim says light is found in the darkness and wants those going through it to believe life can be a whole lot better if we have the courage to face our demons and forgive ourselves. Yeah, man, now I wouldn't have it any other way because it's who I am. Welcome to Young Blood, an award-winning podcast on a mission to make the mental health of young men a top priority. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our platform to open up and share stories of what we've been through because we're not alone. Let's do it. Before we kick this off, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who's taken 15 to 90 seconds out of their day to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It boosts us up the ranks massively and makes a huge difference to how many people we can reach with these potentially life-saving stories. So thank you. And for those who haven't got around to it, please, if Youngblood has delivered you some value, let us know on there. Cheers, legends. Trigger warning, if you find anything spoken about in today's episode distressing, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. What was the first time you felt like you didn't deserve love? It's hard to remember really, but I guess it was almost like a, a core belief that just was there. I didn't really know it was there, but it was there from a young age. And then as I started to become more aware of it um, when I was older, you know, like 15, I realized it, but I sort of didn't want to admit that and I wanted to sort of ignore it. How would you realize that? Like when would it come up for you and, and you would recognize that you felt that way when you were a teenager? Always sort of thinking that the worst possible outcome was the only outcome that would uh, occur for me. Um, a lot of the time in, in, in friendships and relationships, it's like I had this... Um, belief that eventually they, they were going to see the real me and of course they were going to leave really not trusting myself and sort of waiting for people to see the worst in me where did that come from because you must have reflected a fair bit since then mm -hmm. why from such a young age did you actually feel like that what, what was behind that this question's a, a tough one because they say that like the first seven years of your life um, will often dictate where like trauma or core beliefs come from um and i always whenever i have to answer this question i always feel like bad almost and i'm like gonna blame people around me um because you know growing up i definitely um yeah you know, i've had i've got four sisters i've got a mum and dad you know they're still together and you know they obviously did the best they could and they were, they were amazing but i do know that i uh growing up as a kid was a highly sensitive little boy and I still am that you know I know that's why I can do what I can do and I can write music and I can sing and I can 
have that sensitive side. But I think as a young boy, I, I craved a lot of it. And my my mom, she's an amazing woman, but she's more she's very different to me. She's more of a um, not show much emotion, just kind of get on with it sort of type personality, which has served her in a lot of ways. But I think that dynamic for a little young sensitive boy that is just desperate for love and affection potentially i think through therapy that's what we've sort of landed at how present was that feeling throughout your young life was it something especially after you recognized it more in your teenage years was it something that sort of hung over you i guess when i was younger i didn't quite know it was there but as i got older yeah it it just sort of started to make a bit more sense you know a good indicator of it was particularly like um how my relationships started to pan out over the years and the dynamic that would happen often i would um actually find myself attracted to um yeah older women that i sort of wanted to like mother me in a way without like this is subconscious kind of stuff you know i wanted to like yeah, win that that love kind of thing. And that feeling of not being deserving of love and feeling mm. worthless at times, how did that actually affect your life? It's the self-sabotage. It's that it's that voice inside that just tells you that you can't do something. You know, your best will never be good enough that everyone around you is eventually just going to leave. To be honest, like I'm 28 now. There was a long time when I thought there was no way in hell that I would make it to 30. That belief and those feelings, it almost got like comfortable to me. Like that felt safer to me to think that way. Seeing the way my life had played out um, and how chaotic it had become, I was just honestly just like, this is impossible. It's not going to like, it doesn't make sense for it to be able to last like a lifetime. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just, uh, yeah, I truly didn't believe that and then that belief led me to behave in certain ways you know because it was like well it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what i do now because who cares like yeah, I'm not you gonna, didn't value I'm yourself not or value your future like you should have yeah so what was 100%. chaotic about your life and and why were you drawn to that or was it something that was just a result of the way that you felt inside and it's a lack of connection to yourself really so through that lack of connection, that's often where addiction comes about. So yeah, there was some certain addictions that I had that were just trying to like numb that pain and and find a way to connect. What did you get out of that? A short, temporary fix and escape. Luckily, it wasn't uh, drugs or alcohol or anything like that. It was more behavior, a sex addiction, man. Yeah, which um, you know sounds like rock and roll and kind of funny, <laughs> but. It definitely wasn't. And that's, it was just, that's tied up with that desperate need for validation that you felt like you, you never really quite got? Yeah, yeah, 100%. That was my way to feel good um, and get exactly right, get that validation, escape, you know. How quickly um, would that fade? Oh, man, instantly. Like, I, yeah, instantly. Like, I mean, it would, in the moment, it was there, but then afterwards the uh the shame that would come about and the you know having to because this 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 actually i mean affected me financially as well you know paying for the paying for the sex yeah yeah okay yeah yes everyone's got their type of uh um vice yeah vice exactly right that they go for and that happened to be mine and that i don't know how that came about but that was it and then i just Hooked onto it. Obviously, I'm only looking at you through a screen, but I get the feeling that you're a, quite a deep thinking, compassionate man and not a narcissist yeah. or a sociopath. So 
I know it can't mm. feel good to feel like you're uh, using some something that's meant to be intimate and making it hollow and using people and that, that probably didn't sit right with you either. What was it like for you to have to grapple with that? Yeah, no, not, not good at all. Not only was I hurting myself, I was hurting other people in the process too, you know, like just using using people for, for sex and all that stuff. And it, it just, it, deep down, that's not who I sort of um, wanted to be. But it was a compulsion for you where like you knew the yeah. end result wasn't going to be any different to the last time, but yet you found yourself in that same situation. Yeah, man. Yeah, for me, it was like it, it was this pain that I'm going through. I cannot sit in this. I, I just refuse to sit in that discomfort. So that was my way to to feel better um, because that's what it is. You know, like I've learned over the years, that you have to try and sit in that discomfort and pain because if you sit in that pain long enough, like then pleasure eventually comes. Like people will always choose pleasure over pain but if you sit in that pain long enough a greater pleasure then arises because it can move through you we want to try our best to avoid the pain in the short term because yeah no one really wants to confront it at the time but the problem with pushing mm. it away and running from things is that they don't just go away they build up and then ultimately it ends up being way worse down the road but it Absolutely. takes a lot of courage to actually face up to something and stop a behavior or go and do <laughs> something that you need to do in the moment when you're confronted with it, when you have the option to kick the can down the road. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, that's, yeah, that's been the the biggest thing for me to try and um, to learn how to, um, yeah, sit in that pain, sit in that discomfort, you know? But um, you were looking, obviously you're looking for that connection and you're looking to feel all right with yourself. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know that particular addiction or behavior that is a um you know that's a result of how you're feeling and it could have been any number of things like it's it's being yeah. caused by those same feelings though so yeah. i suppose was there a tipping point you got to where like you really got to a fork in the road and changed that behavior was there one particular moment or did it happen gradually it's it's um it's been through i guess you know, people like Russell Brand really helped me a lot. And it's it's been through, like, learning to actually love those parts of myself that are making me do that thing. Because in this weird paradox way, the same thing that's caused me so much pain is actually trying to keep me safe and protect me, you know, from the pain I'm feeling. So I've had to, like, so instead of, like, hating myself and hating those parts, I mean, hating that behaviour, mm. really tried to just to love it if that makes sense and sort of almost talk to it and say hey like I, I see what you're trying to do and thank you but it's more like yeah finding healthier ways to do that you know I'm really lucky that um when I'm in relationships that addiction like it goes away and I don't don't act out so that's one positive thing at least um but yeah it's just like it's trying to trying to love those parts of me that are making me doing that behavior when my instinct is to sort of you know hate them if that makes sense so what do you say to yourself when those urges come up or you know things are getting difficult in life and you see yourself yeah. on that slippery slope like may maybe slipping back into yeah. living in that way you don't want to live how, yeah. how are you able to respond differently now yeah it's 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 through um 
it's through trying to literally talk to myself and and love that part of myself and thank that part of myself for trying to protect me and keep me safe. Like it's it's just trying to take the pain away, you know. But um, so it's trying to be compassionate um, to myself in those moments. Um, and I find the more compassion I love I, that I have myself the less likely I am to uh, engage in that behavior. That makes sense. How does music help you with all this? Yeah. So music's a, a safe and healthy place for me to feel whatever it is I'm feeling. It's funny because like I'm a highly sensitive, emotional person, uh, but I've actually struggled in my personal life to, to feel those emotions at times. Like I just, block it out and refuse to feel it hence why you know addictions have come about so music's um a safe space to really drop into to whatever it is i'm feeling and to and to to be myself and i've learned that more and more as i've you know gotten older and the more that i've I've done it not only are you you know having your own therapy session to a degree but you're actually creating something that you can share with other people that then that resonates with them and helps them so like it's a pretty magical yeah, um, it's a pretty magical thing that you do. Yeah, thank you, brother. And that's why I resonated with your stuff when I, I found you online because it's like I just I just feel like we, we don't have, no one really has all the answers, you know, and everyone's, uh, everyone might have different strategies and techniques, but it's just like the power of, of your own story is, is like it's so special and just through hearing other people's stories that can just like change things so much for so many people so i just feel like yeah stories are so powerful and it's what we need to just do do more and once you've made a song and you've put a story out there how do you then see that afterwards like when you listen to it again is it like it takes you back to a chapter in your life do you yeah. associate yourself with it or is it like it becomes this other entity entirely yeah that's a cool question it's like it's, yeah because you know what like some of the songs you look back and you have this um, really, uh, I guess, proud feeling and you have this nostalgic feeling. Um, but then other times, it yeah, it can take you back to a dark place and can lead you to a sense of like melancholy. And like the first single of this EP that I'm going to bring out is so dark. And every I'm struggling to hear it now because when I, so when we write songs, it's like then it's not always how we're feeling every second of every day. Like no, of course. we, yeah, we travel to certain moments in time, and yeah, that first song is really hard for me to hear right now, and I'm like sort of I've sort of <laughs> delayed releasing it. I think so I'm like, oh, I'm literally scared to to bring it out because I'm scared for for people to. When did yeah. you record that? Like, what kind of place were you in then to be able to do that then? Yeah, I I recorded. Um, Oh, I recorded it at the start of this year, but it was written a while back. Just um, yeah, at a down, when I was having one of my down moments. But uh, yeah, it's uh, sometimes releasing a song is literally like handing out a page of your diary to someone and just saying, "Here you go, read that." So yeah. it can be really daunting. But I, I guess that same daunting feeling is the same reason why I know that I have to share it. Yeah, totally, man. And that's that's what this show's all about. And I really respect that. But I kind of understand what you're saying where it's like, yeah, I recorded something at, at a moment in time and that's how I was feeling. So it is genuine, mm. it is authentic, it is part of you. You felt like that at that time. 
But then by the time it comes to release it, if you're in a like, good place feeling good and you're putting out this super depressing yeah. song, then that would almost be weird because you're like, I feel great. <laughs> like this is, But it's still valid. It's still part of your journey, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. That's it. Uh, yeah, there's almost like this um, two sides of it because, yeah, there is this level of... Um, what is it what's the word like yeah i am proud to do it and i know that it's going to help so many people and i and i and that's just something that i really want to be a part of and and share my story and encourage other people to do it as well and to let them know that they're not alone um but there is that little part of me that has this shame for feeling that way you know what i mean like we want to we want to just be the cool guy the cool girl and pretend that everything's amazing all the time and just have that highlight reel going on but yeah you know, as I've gotten older, I've learned that's just not reality. Like, um, and I tried to be that guy for a long time. I tried to just pretend that everything was good and just take a thousand shirtless selfies and <laughs> just paint my life in a way. But it wasn't, it's not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's where the bravery comes in. You know, if you didn't have that twinge of fear or shame, then it wouldn't have the same meaning attached to it. And actually, that's why people connect to it and respect it is because they know yeah. that you've felt like that and then you've been vulnerable enough to put that out there anyway. That's what actually inspires people and makes people connect with you, you know, is that, is going out on a limb and having, taking that leap of faith and that's what you're trying to inspire in other people because if we don't lean into our fears and actually take those leaps, then we just stay in the same place. Yeah, 100%. That's why I was drawn to your page, man. Like I, I've realised over time that when I see others, others, you know, taking that leap and and stepping into that darkness, I just really uh, just am moved by it and appreciate it and, and just really respect it. So I think I realised over time, hey, that's, I think I always knew, to be honest, that I need to be doing this. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at in my life now. Like, I just, just – and to be honest, when I, when, I, when I first came out with all this stuff, like, I did, like, a video talking about what all this music was going to be about, which yeah. essentially was stepping into that darkness. It – it was scary and I had this fear to do it. But then after I did it, there was like, honestly, honestly, there was a weight off my shoulders lifted. And the amount of DMs that I had of people just telling me their story and just saying, thank you. Like that was, that was what mattered the most to me, you know, like not the amount of likes or whatever it was. It was all just the stories that it created in the conversations, you know, and that's, that's what mattered the most. Yeah. Cause you're, searching for meaning and trying to create purpose in your own life and connect with people on that deeper level because I think that's just the most human part of us and that's that essence that we're all after and music's your vehicle to do that with you know that's your you're using your your gift and what you're here to do to be able to achieve that and, and impact others lives like that I think that's sort of peak existence man so uh, that's a much better it's a much better thing to be addicted to and i certainly yeah i certainly love um getting similar feedback again just because people were connecting with the stories of others because it's sort of like what else are we all doing here if we're not talking about the reality of how things actually are and trying to help each other like that's always the time when we feel most connected and we feel most okay with ourselves and being here and being alive is when we're able to hear someone actually cut all the bullshit and tell it like it is and we can say yeah me too yeah. I, I relate to that you know then I mean, being alive feels ever. good <laughs> yeah, it's the best someone like i just had a gig on the weekend and i was like going through something and there was one of the the drummer in the band like was one of my mates and he's 
about oh, 15 years older than me. And I remember I was telling him what I was telling him and he, he just like, it didn't have to, it didn't even have to say much, but the look that he had was just like, Hey buddy, you're going to be okay. I've been there. I've, I've walked those shoes. Like it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so powerful. And yeah, he actually said to me, cause I, I texted him the next day and I was like, Hey brother, thanks for that. I appreciate you. And he was like, man, anytime, like a problem shared is a problem halved. I was like, dang, that's, that's good. I'm just throwing it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. We don't have the answers and we're all living it for the first time. And then you have that gift of hindsight where you, know, you come 15 years from now or 20 years from now, you can look back and say to someone younger, like, you know, it's all good. I've been in that phase. But the, the thing is, while you're going through it, you can't know that. That's that's part of the game. You know, you only, you only get to know what you know until you know more later on. So I'm similar to you that I try to be kinder to myself and try to notice when I'm just carrying around a lot of tension or frustration or I'm making myself feel worse because I'm choosing to rile myself up over something when no one else is actually influencing that and being able mm -hmm. to recognize that in yourself and say like all right just you know roll your shoulders back like just relax stop breathing so fast like things like this it's like it's all good and, and being able to have a bit more ease about yourself and but you're the only one who, who learns that and, and self-manages and and becomes more relaxed and more comfortable with who you are but i don't think you don't just wake up like that especially in your 20s probably you know like it's a work in progress like yeah i'm 28 i feel like i'm only just done yeah out, me too like, bro <laughs> Yeah, cool. Do you, do you have ways that you've like sort of like worked out now, like how to move through things a bit, or like have you got some strategies? Yeah, I've got all the answers now, man. <laughs> yeah, cool. okay. Sweet. I'll invoice. I think it's just understanding what you clutter your life with, unnecessary stuff that doesn't bring you anything but stress and anxiety and how can you push that stuff out of your life i'm talking about distractions you don't need things that you can do without that aren't related to the stuff that matters and how do you limit your exposure with that especially if they're those negative behaviors that might give you that fleeting high that you know aren't good for you but you go back to them again and again it's like okay actually cut that out of your life spend most of your time either working on your on your passion project being with your family mm -hmm. and your friends you know keeping fit doing something that mm -hmm. keeps your mind clear and sharp, do all the right yeah. things, uh, and then you're going to be in the best possible headspace. And even then, you're going to be drawn towards throwing yourself off and, and going in, uh, you know, going out on a limb and doing something crazy because you're still young and, you know, we're not dead yet. And then you just end up back where you yeah. were. And then, you know, it's like uh, one step forward, two steps back kind of, kind of scenario. But even yeah. when that happens, it's about being kind to yourself and saying like, well, like no one's keeping score of like me trying to run this perfect life that I'm trying to run. And uh, as long as most of the time I have my integrity and I know that I'm doing the best that I can. And uh, yeah, it's not perfect all the, all the time, but I can look myself in the mirror and say like, I respect myself and I'm, I'm doing what I believe I should be doing most of the time and treating people well. And uh, yeah, I think that's sort of the best you can do, but it's, it's not easy. Like you have to, you have to stay on top of everything as much as you can. Like, health-wise in terms of relationships and sleep and your body and your mind and uh that's constant work it's not like oh, i found this one answer and this one cure to 
ultimate mental health or like I've got the key now and it's all good. It's uh, you have to you have to put in the work. You have to work at it. And sometimes you can't be fucked working at it. <laughs> like sometimes you just want to. Sometimes you just want to go off the rails, or you just want to be like, no, nah, I don't want to work out. I don't want to go and be disciplined. I don't want to journal. I don't want to meditate. <laughs> like all these things. Like that's a lot of work. But you know that you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be if you don't do it. So you know. That's beautiful, brother. Thanks for sharing. Hundred percent. Like, and I've, I've learned too. As I said before, yeah. Like when I'm feeling good at times, that can be a trigger for me, and that's when I want to go and you know, yeah, shake things up. Um, one thing I've realized too, when I am feeling um, down or in one of my, you know, down phases, it's like if I look at myself, I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? And I'm always missing those little, you know, those good habits. Like I, I let go of them. And, I, and another thing I realized that I'm doing in those moments, I know it's about ourselves and this all, you know, we control how we feel, but I know often when I'm feeling down, I'm not helping other people. So that's something I've learned too. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't. I think that's one of the main reasons why I try to stay on top of it is because mm. you and I have both found purpose in our lives out of being able to create something that helps others, right? So it's something that's bigger mm. than ourselves. And if I'm not on top of my game and feeling good, I can't help anyone else. I can't can't listen to yeah. people or like try to create these stories or hear about other people's problems if I'm too hungover and I've got my own problems, man. Yeah. Like, I can't deal with your that. Cup, oh, yeah, yeah, your cups, your cups empty. That's right. Your yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You can't help anyone unless you help yourself. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's funny how many different like books and um, stories, like for centuries, all talk about like help help others. Like not only do you help that person, but like it does help you. Like my, my Nana, she used to work for Lifeline, you know, and she's an amazing woman and she would, you know, hear people's stories all the time. And she said to me, like, to make no mistake, like, whether you know, you're there to help others, of course, and you will help others, but know, like, be aware of how much it helps you helping other people and how it can make you feel too. Like, it's a positive thing. So. Well, imagine if, no, imagine if no one could hear your music, right? Like that would mm. make it very different, wouldn't it? Like, I don't know, maybe you would still do it anyway because obviously you love it and it's your thing. But imagine if you couldn't share that. Like that would, that would, that would be hard and that would take away a huge part of your life if you couldn't share that gift and you couldn't share those stories. Same with me. If I couldn't do what I do, like I can't even imagine that. I would do anything to continue doing this because it's that thing that gives me that sense of meaning and purpose and taking that away would be like unbearable. <laughs> yeah, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, because and through like communication and you know that brings connection and then through that connection brings community and like yeah, but that's I think that's why we're meant to tell stories. You know, yeah, it is for ourselves in a way, but it's like we're just I think we're we're meant to help others and just what can come out of stories is just like, is, is so amazing. I well, think. we all realize we're not so different. We're communal creatures. And yes. if we yeah. don't have that sense of community, that's when all the problems come in, be it addiction or violence or all the times mm -hmm. that we see humans feeling isolated and lashing out because they feel like they don't belong anywhere. They don't have that sense of community. They don't feel like people understand them. And that's when everything goes to shit. So that's why storytelling is fundamental to that notion of community mm. and us feeling like we belong to something because then we want to look after it we want to look after each other yeah. we want to look after ourselves if you don't have that yeah. it's just pain 
Yeah, that's so true. And for me as well, like when I like have fucked up or messed up, you know, like I, when I tell, you know, certain friends of mine, like I'm really blessed to have a couple, like, as I said, older friends and mentors and just good people in my life. You know, at times I, I literally, that feeling of still comes up from time to time. Of like, I don't deserve this person. They're going to leave, you know, that'll still come up from time to time, but I know that it's not the 28 year old male speaking right now. It's a younger part of me. And, you know, I try and be kind to that, but through telling those hiccups to my friends, the love, the unconditional love that they give me in those moments is so powerful. And then it started to teach me about the love that I can give to myself in those moments. So yeah, just it's, it's so powerful community and storytelling. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally get that, man. And it's just like, you have to try to treat yourself like you would treat your friends. Cause it's, it's a lot easier sometimes to give other people advice and, and be yeah. that shoulder to cry on for someone else, but then you're your own harshest critic as well. So yeah. isn't it, yeah, isn't it so much easier said than done? Like, man, that's like that. I I am still trying to work this out. Like, yeah, why why are we so kind to others, but then just the opposite to ourselves at times? Like, it just <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? I think it comes from a holding, wanting to hold yourself to like an impossibly high standard and I guess that's partly based on your upbringing or your worldview Mm. Uh, there's like a lot of complicated things that flow into it but Mm. it's like you don't you hold yourself to an even higher standard than you would hold the rest of the world and everyone else as if you're not just a human like everyone else is you know Mm. as if you're more than that or you're supposed to be more than that and of course like how can you be because you're just part of the collective Um, but Yeah, it's not how we think of it until we sort of condition ourselves to. Yeah, it's like operating out of our ego. Hey, yeah. So where is um, uh, where's where's music taking you? Oh, it's taken me a lot of places, man. Like I've um, yeah, like I, I I travel a lot for my my gigs. Like I've seen all over Australia, and then um, been to yeah, New Zealand, America. But for me now, it's just like it's it's more about yeah just this ep that's coming out and this music i've that i've wrote now is literally like the real man my real story and it's like i'm not even thinking about where it might take me um what it might do for me I'm, i just i just want it to be a voice for other people and i just want to create conversations around it mm. So what realization have you come to in the last year or so that you decided that you're going to really tell your story like this? Because you've been singing for a lot of years, but you've never gone to this depth and reached this sort of level. So what happened? I had a moment of like, I've had enough of having to put on a front and pretend that I'm a certain way. It just something in me just said like, you have to be honest, be real, because the people you look up to and the people you respect they're doing it, you know, and, and they're inspiring you through their musical, their acting or their art. And it's like, and just something in me just always knew that I had to do that, but it scared the fuck out of me at the same time. What but, sort of image um, were you trying to project before, do you feel, where it wasn't 100% authentic? Just like the happy people pleaser guy, like everything was, you know, just I was in control of everything. Everything was cool. Everything's good. Um, and just... 
yeah, masking the pain. But people who knew me well knew that that was like BS, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. There, I'm telling you, man, yeah, there, as you know, like there is something sort of freeing in telling a story. Um, you also need to, man. Like yeah. objectively for an artist and a musician, like pain's where all the good stuff comes from. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Like if you want to sing about something that's going to touch people and be remembered, it's probably going to be about something dark or transitioning mm. from hard times to better times or like a message of hope yeah. you know just singing about yeah, everything's all good all the time isn't all that <laughs> inspiring is it yeah oh dude you're so right because we know that that's yeah. we know that that's a fantasy there's no mm. one on earth where it's all good yeah yeah no matter who you are 100 percent. even though we sort of tell ourselves that that's how it is for other people when it's not but yeah i've, I've learned as well that ironically you know, if you want to search that light and that joy, like you've actually got to, you know, travel into that pain, that darkness. Well, also, and how else would you know what that feels like? Like understanding mm. the opposite side of the coin is what makes you able to appreciate mm. it and be grateful and enjoy it. Yeah. If you don't have that experience, yeah. even if you achieved a really good state or you were mm. having this amazing life, you'd feel empty mm. or you wouldn't be able to appreciate it, which we see all the time with people who materially they... Mm they achieve everything that you could ever possibly want yet they still feel empty or hollow or they don't they're not able to enjoy it because mm. the mm. substance isn't there you know you have to have to have that depth as well we're complicated beings <laughs> it's not not easily pleased yeah. <laughs> and it's easy it's easy to love someone through their light you know and their highlight reel but it's like you know when telling a story and telling your darkness you know man it it's it's actually such a we, we think that we're not going to be accepting that that shame spiral comes up. We think that everyone's going to, you know, just think the worst of us and, you know, make fun of us or not accept us. But man, the, the love that you can then uh, be given from that is, is, is so special. Like actually feeling accept, accepted for those parts of yourself that you might've, you know, hidden from and been ashamed of for so long when other people actually see all of you and love you even dude it's like it's so freeing and i think it's i think it's exhausting not to do that like to can try to continue to wear a mask or try to look cool in front of certain groups of people who don't really love you and try to keep that up just becomes totally yeah. exhausting and i think increasingly hopefully you reach a point where you just care less and less about what people who don't really matter think about you anyway because one yeah. other people don't care about you as much as you care about yourself like you're always going to over inflate how much people think about you, like whatever, everyone's trying to live their own life. Um, but mm. the more that you can let that go and say, well, you can take take me or leave me, but I'm not going to put myself mm. out to try and seem a certain way so that some people that I don't even like love are going to like me more. Like, you know, mm. and you just become more accepting of that and then realize that you just attract what you need to attract to your life and the rest of it can go by the wayside because it's not like we can have that many people in our lives anyway so the right people will come and the right things will come if you just become that the person that you need to be yeah well it's like right now i'm having a beautiful conversation with you and that came from us both telling our story we wouldn't, we wouldn't have known each other otherwise you know what i mean yeah well that's um, the beauty of that's the beauty of doing this and we're obviously yeah. different but we can connect to it over all of these things on a deep level because 
despite mm. our differences and the differences between with so many young men in particular, mm. like our experiences are so similar. And some of the things, a lot of the things we've experienced and our relationships and the way we think are really similar because mm. like, although we go through such different stuff, we're, we're all human, we're all of a similar age in the, in the same sort of a world. And yeah, of course, there's going to be those parallels that we can draw all over the place. Yeah. 100%. And just knowing that you're, you're not alone is so powerful, you know? Like if you have these dark thoughts and you think that like you can't be helped and like you are just a lost cause, and, you know, and there's no way out of it and everything's fucked and doomed, then, man, I've, you know, that's going to lead to some... Some very bad outcomes, you know. It does, but, but that, that happens when that happens when you're trapped in your own head, and you, you, there's no one yeah. else to break you out of that. And that can be the darkest place to be, because it becomes very convincing and all-consuming. And mm. you know, if you if you're able to open up even just a fraction, or hear other people's talk about those experiences, and let some of those other perspectives in, and sort of take yeah. a take a deep breath and get some separation from that intensity for long enough, then I think perhaps some of that fades away and you realize like, ah, oh, that doesn't have to be the reality. The story that I'm telling myself and the voice I yes. hear in my head, like maybe that's not yeah. the absolute truth. But without yeah. other people's voices and other people's stories, mm-hmm. we just become convinced that we are a, a freak or we're the only one that thinks that way and it's never going to get better. And that's when disaster strikes. Yeah, that's when people make horrible decisions and make permanent, permanent, what is the saying? Permanent, permanent solution to a short-term problem, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just heartbreaking, man. And yeah, exa- you're exactly right with like sharing and communicating with others because, you know, as someone who has, from my experience, for me, who has struggled to, to love myself over the years, I know it comes down to ourself in the day and it's like it's up to us to sort of, you know, change those core beliefs and we have to do the work individually I do agree with that, but me personally, I know that I actually have improved my love, love for myself through um, conversations with other people, through um, through being around the right people, through through sharing my story with others um, in a safe space, and and feeling like it was okay to feel those feelings, you know, like. Yeah, for me, I I think, I think that's that's a good step for some people like who can't break these patterns or these beliefs and and this pain. It's like it often can be helped through other people and like and the first step is staring sharing a story and sharing it around the right people because yeah, I mean when man, when you, like it's a process, you know, and like no day is the same and, and like I think. I don't know if these thoughts and beliefs will ever necessarily leave you, but I believe that the compassion and the love we have for ourselves over these thoughts and they come up, that that changes, that improves as life goes on. You know, we're, we're kinder to ourselves in these moments and we all almost like make friends with those parts of us because we know that deep down in this weird way, like they're trying to keep us safe and um, yeah. Yeah, it's not like the thoughts stop or the things that you can't control are necessarily going to go away, but the tools that you have to be able to deal with them and address it and 
look after yourself when that inevitably does happen. That's something that you can work on and, and take with you through life so that when it does mm-hmm. come up, you're able to be all right with it and, and keep moving forward. Um, through yeah. looking at your social media as well, like a lot of people out there really connect with your work and your music and what you do and really engage with you in a strong way. Why do you think mm-hmm. that is? Um, well, so this is like half me. See, when I answer these questions, like I'll give you an insight into my mind. I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about myself. I'm just going to sound like I'm, like it's almost like I don't, I hate, I don't like saying nice things about myself, but I, I just want to share that so we're like honest. But I think, I think because, uh, like I'm an open book and I'm a storyteller and uh, I'm not afraid to be vulnerable, I think. Um, you know, I grew up with four sisters who really helped, made it safe for me to like express and to, and to talk. Um, but I think, I think it is that through the vulnerability um, and yeah, just trying to, I mean, I, I think for me, I think, I think sometimes like people who who experience sadness um, and pain, they often just want others to feel the opposite. So they do whatever they can mm. to just try and make sure other people are feeling good. Um, yeah, that's classic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think I read like man, like uh, Robin Williams wrote something about that one time, which is like so heartbreaking because he just was funniest person ever and brought so much joy to others yeah i think you're yeah. also you're also represent an antithesis to a stereotype like the way that you look doesn't match yeah. doesn't match you know and i think that's cool yeah. though uh and Thanks, pe- man. people like that. people like that because that seems real you know in a world full of fake stuff like you were saying before even yourself like a few years ago you were trying to project that image of just being really cool and everything being all good and trying to look a certain way and act like you didn't have any problems or whatever, which is just not the reality for anyone. Um, yeah. And yeah, we see plenty of images of, of people who might have your kind of a, a look who are trying to portray that unattainable lifestyle. And then when someone mm-hmm. sees someone who looks the way you do, who also has real talent, telling it like it is and saying, okay, actually I'm a, I'm a human being and I go through this and I know you guys probably do too and I'm not going to try and pretend like I'm too good for that or like mm-hmm. I'm too cool for that like this is yeah I'm this guy but I'm also this guy too that's yeah. captivating that's what people want to connect with because it's like oh this is actually real therefore I want to listen to the music because I know that whoever yeah. recorded that they meant it and that's what people want to connect with they don't want to connect with just a surface level image no matter how cool that image is because I would argue yeah. that the coolest thing that you can be is authentic and you can't fake that. Yeah. No, thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. It's that's true because I guess, yeah, I might look a certain way. Like I think the tattoos and the all that, the shaved head, it's like, it's like, that's like a persona that I've sort of built over the years. But yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a highly sensitive, emotional person. And, you know, I guess I had a lot of shame for that originally. And often in relationships, I'd always be scared that, me being who I am myself was always going to be too much for that person. But I I've learned over time. It's like, no, those parts make me who I am and like authentic, like what you just said. And those, those sensitive parts are the, are the reason why I can write songs and I can connect with others. And 
like, yeah, man, now I wouldn't have it any other way because it's who I am. Mm. <laughs> and I just encourage people to, yeah, to be, if you're the sensitive guy or girl, be that and just hundred percent be it. If you're whatever it is you are, just unapologetically be yourself. Like it's, it's freeing. That's mm. easier said than done, but ultimately oh, I yeah. think we have to, otherwise we'll never be feel, we'll never feel fulfilled or, or satisfied. Um, yeah, and so all yeah. the all the love that you get now from comments and inboxes and people talking about you and your music, are you able to let that through and actually feel it? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. Yeah, receiving for me has been something I've struggled with for a long time. And uh, I've, as I've gotten older, I've realized that. Like I'm like, when I reflect back to like past relationships and stuff, I'm like, did I even let that person did I allow them to try and love me? Like, or did I just like sabotage it and ruin it? And, um, but yeah, I, th- I think n- like since yeah, starting to do all this work, I, uh, I'm, I'm improving at it. It's a work in progress, but yeah, re- receiving love. Um, yeah, it can be a hard thing, but it's, it's so necessary, isn't it? How do you put into words the love that you feel now? It's, it's like an acceptance and it's a, a compassionate and a patient sort of feeling. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, my sister, um, had a baby like six months ago and it's the love that I have for her, my niece and the way I would talk to her and the way I hold her. And it's like, it's just like, it's trying to love that younger child, you know, and, and just, love him in the way that I would love others. And just, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's just trying to be kind to that child that I've just forgotten about for so long. When and how can we hear this new EP? In the next month I'll have a single released and that single will be called good enough. And it's, it's literally all about the, the feelings of not feeling good enough at times. Um, and then every six weeks from there I'll have, um, singles released um until the ep uh the boy and the devil sort of merges into one cool man that's exciting why are you here on earth do you think now to to share my story and to let others find their voice in the process of doing so you know to allow others to feel safe, to feel what it is they're feeling, to know that they're not alone and to build community. Couldn't think of a better mission than that, man. Yeah, man. Well, that's why I resonated with you, brother. I think you're doing a a beautiful thing and it's inspiring to see. That's it for this episode. If you're getting some value out of the show, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Everything we do is recorded in video, so follow Youngblood Men's Mental Health on Instagram and Facebook and Youngblood Mental Health on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Youngblood Media, and please leave us a comment or send us a message if these stories resonate. We'd love to hear from you. And most importantly, please share the podcast with anyone in your life who might need it. We're all about reaching as many people as we can. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.